the Koi Gig part on Off The Ball. You do get tired of winning. People say, oh, you never get tired. You do. You get tired of winning. You get tired of winning easily. You actually want competition in the end. You want to have to work Subscribe for it. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Alan Quillen, good morning to you. How are you? Very good, Jared. Knowing yourself, yeah, pretty good. Um, you've been uh, on the John Klein hype train for the last six months. It's fair to say uh, his, his booster in chief. Uh, the Ireland selectors weren't listening, but um, Razi Rasmus obviously was. And uh, lo and behold, he's part of South Africa's plans for the World Cup as it stands. Yeah, it was. Uh, I could probably caught everybody by surprise, I suppose, when um, he was announced as the forty-first player in. in in the South African squad, um, Jack Nienenbar, obviously, and Rassi Erasmus um, see uh, an option of bringing him into the squad. I, I think Eben Etzebet is is still out injured. Um, and probably if you look at the the makeup of the South African second rows, it's hard to see Jean Klein uh, being picked in the World Cup squad. But if you look at the rugby championship, they play... Australia at home, New Zealand away, and and then they're home to Argentina. It's a shortened rugby championship this year, obviously because of the World Cup um, in September. Um, they they see him as an option, maybe, and they can add some value into 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 the South African squad. So it's it's a strange one. I, I you know I suppose it's he has played very very well. Um, I think he's still a bit tarnished. A little bit of it is unfair from from what happened in, in 2019. Um, I think he's a better player now. He's probably improved under the monster coaching team this year and been unbelievably consistent in his performances. He, he's viewed differently, obviously, from from the the Irish second rows. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I think to criticise Andy Farrell or Paul O'Connell, you know, as the forwards coach, and say they they've they've missed a beat here. Um, is wrong because you know they've proven the last number of years that they've they've done remarkably well with this Irish team. But um, he brings obviously something different, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a talking point, isn't it? And uh, I'm pleased for John Klein. Obviously, um, the three year period um, and and the application for him has gone into World Rugby, um, and we're not sure yet um, what their answer will be. But I presume it will be that he's eligible to play for South Africa again. Tough to blame John Clyde himself as well, couldn't you, when you consider the last cap came in the in the World Cup in twenty nineteen, so he's been he's been sitting around waiting as well. Yeah, and that game was against Samoa at the World Cup and um you know I, I think I saw some quotes this week about um probably the criticism and the furore over him being selected ahead of Devon Toner. And look at the time it was a big talking point. Joe Schmidt obviously Simon Easterby at the time, they saw something different in, in John Klein that he could add value to the Irish squad. And um, look, obviously, Shane, his biggest strength is, is very obvious. He's a very, very physical player. Um, he's six foot eight, 121 or two kilos, um, offers huge strength and power. But probably the way Ireland play um, and, and the short space of time maybe that he would have had now if he was brought into the Irish squad to adapt to that attacking style and that pace and tempo that the Irish team play with, it's probably too short a period of time. Um, if he had been in and out of Irish squads, even if he wasn't playing, 
in the last couple of seasons, I think it would have um, benefited him, and he he would probably be in there. Um, but it's 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 you know I go back to what I said. Um, it's hard to be critical of them, but for me personally, I would certainly be be very interested to have him in around the Irish squad because he obviously brings something different. And you've probably said this many times, Ger. Lots of people have had said it. Um, the physicality is the probably one concern and one thing that we've probably spoken about in the last couple of years. It, 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 John Klein isn't the the answer to all of that, but I just think he brings something a little bit different. But going back to what I said about Andy Farrell, Paul O'Connell, what they've done with this Irish team has been superb. Um, so it's hard to be critical and say this is a shocking decision or anything like that. It's not. Um, but it's a great opportunity for John Klein. You said that, Shane, and uh, it's a chance for him to to experience training with international players again. And um, yeah, it's uh, hopefully he doesn't come back to bite us and he doesn't end up playing against us in Paris. Uh, so his, his Munster confirmed in 2022 that he'd signed a two-year extension and would be with the province until at least June 2024. But that's probably going to be the end of that then because he'll now be re-registered as a non-Irish player and so that limits the number of players you can have in your squad who are non-Irish qualified and it might tie up their hands a little bit when it comes to summer recruitment. If if they go and, and sign non-Irish qualified players um, from Munster, yes, it might. I think this this one may be viewed a little bit differently. It depends. It's it's down to the RFU really, isn't it? Because it's, it's not a, a world rugby law that you can only have three non-Irish qualified players with the Irish provinces and Irish... It's an Irish IRFU uh, directive, and they've kind of stuck to their guns. It used before, um, and on one development player, so it's been reduced a little bit, um, and it's been beneficial for Ireland. I think there's been a lot of criticism. I think um, uh, by some of the provinces, particularly Ulster, when they had um, the scrum half, his name, the South African scrum half, a number of years ago. Um, and John Cooney signed for Ulster, and then he's he benefited really and got into the Irish squad. Um, but look, Ruan Pinar, Ruan Pinar. Sorry, yeah. when Ruan Pinar left, and that his his contract was blocked. Um, there's been one or two kind of high profile ones, but if you from Munster next year, they've 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 Alex Alex Nankivell is coming in um, in the centre, um, and they've got our RG name, and obviously. Um, so you know their their quota is not full, but their squad is done for next year anyway. Um, so it, it does depend. Obviously, if they go um, the following season trying to recruit non-Irish qualified players, um, it may it may impact them. But again, we don't know. But maybe it'll be viewed differently um, if they do go looking for a number of players um, in in that regard. But look, it's it's. Um, there's been a fair bit of stuff online. I've been reading it. Some people are kind of trumpeting that, you know, John Klein should be in the Irish squad. Um, I don't think he's going to be in the World Cup squad either for South Africa. But what but I do think may happen here is he may play one or two tests in the rugby championship for, for, for South Africa. Maybe involved, um, you know, if you look at the second rows they have, they've they've obviously got plenty of options. They're familiar players. Lou Dieger, Etzebet. Marvin Ori's in there, Snaman is back in. Peter Steftatoy, who's obviously been playing in the back row for the last couple of years, and Franco Mostert. So they have a they have a lot of quality there. There's six guys there who can play in the second row. And 
as I said, Etzebet is is still out injured. I'm not sure when he's due back. Um, so, you know, whether John Klein gets capped here again by South Africa or plays, we're, we're not really sure. But, you know, you said at the start, I've been, I've been trumpeting John Klein, uh, Ger- and rightly so, I think, because I think if you look at the, the way he's improved his game, um, and I think probably where the other Irish second rows are more advanced with him, if we want to know what, why, I think the reason is the short period of time that he would have to get up to speed with the way Ireland play, but also it's the skill set probably that the other players possess. Um, Kieran Treadwell hasn't always been a starter for Ulster this year. He's in the squad ahead of him. Um, Joe McCarthy is a very young player and maybe fits that type of profile of power and physicality that that um, Andy Farrell has at his disposal. And he is a very, very good player, Joe McCarthy. So Ian Henderson is back uh, in the squad as well. Um, Tyg Bourne and James Ryan are the other second row. So it's not an area that we're blessed with huge depth, uh, but you can't have it both ways. You can't have this guy sitting in the background and if somebody gets injured, he then gets called up. And, and you know, you can't blame him for for taking this opportunity um, if South Africa give it to him. And I saw training pictures last night of him. He tra- he's training with the squad. He's there with them at the moment with the South Africans. And it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Ryan Baird, another of those options as well. Like It's one of those positions that's just... Uh, blessed with talent, Quinny. Like uh, John Klein would add a lot to those talents, but as you say, probably getting up to speed with the with the with the way they play is, is one of the most important things. Yeah, and, and obviously Ryan Baird, yes, but he's he's in as the back row, kind of utility player, mm-hmm. and and that's similar to the Peter Steff to Toy role for South Africa. Um, and I wonder, is there a little bit of uh, mind games here, and a little bit of an unsettling scenario from from? Uh, from Jack Dienenbar and Rassi because, you know, that's, that game in Paris in September is going to be um, a humdinger, really. Um, but, yeah, all the the profile and the type of players that Ireland have are, are a little bit different. Is that, you mean, viewed a, you mean give us the calls? Is that what it is? Here, come on in, tell us all the calls, tell us exactly what they're doing. You show us what the, what the line-out moves are. What are the tells that you know about the uh, Leinster and Ulster hookers who are in the squad? Possibly. Um, I don't know if John, Sean Klein will know the, the exact Irish line-out calls. Um, and listen, I'm sure most teams, they change them pretty often anyway. And I'm sure that for this block of of um, of, of, of matches and build-up to the World Cup, uh, knowing Paul like I do, um, and and his kind of attention to detail, he probably will change up the line-out calls a little bit. But yeah, it, it may be beneficial. Uh, but of course, RG Snyman is there as well, isn't he? Um, Jason Jenkins was in with the South Africans in November, um, and he—that's probably a bit of an eye opener. He hasn't played that well. Um, he, I know he had an injury at the tail end of the season, but probably didn't do what Leo Cullen wanted him to do, particularly in that final. Um, and he's not brought into the South African squad. But based on what we've seen and the consistency of Klein over the year, he's played 24 games this year. Started all 24 games um, 16 in the in the league itself he missed rounds 3 and 7 and then 5 in the Champions Cup and obviously 3 in the quarterfinal semi-final final for you know the URC knockouts and um, he's he's pretty tenacious and doesn't get injured a lot I know he probably plays 60-65 minutes for Munster a lot 
but um, he's been brilliant and look it's good for the individual himself it will certainly give him a little bit of a lift and a spring in his step um, he's had a good few years there trudging with Munster and had a lot of disappointments so I'm really pleased for him and um, where it ends up and what happens who knows but he could very easily get capped here you, you said it Jared the one worry if this would come back if Munster were to go and try and get a couple of non-Irish qualified players maybe for the 24-25 season onwards um, because they're they're saying their quota is full for next year there's still a little bit of talk about and whispers about maybe a front row addition who knows um, but um, that's the one area and situation that might might affect that. And obviously, if he plays for Springboks, will they try and get him back to one of the um, their teams in South Africa after you know the twenty after this season? He's one more year contracted for Munster. Uh, and yeah, and like that'd be totally fair from their perspective as well. Just in terms of the the whispers around somebody coming in to the front row, like that's generally the area that people would have pointed to that is preventing them from being contenders to win the European Cup, right? That would have been one of the, the main areas that people talked about. Do they have a stronger case with the IRFU now having won the league, saying, "Well, look what we're doing already. We're we're very close to being proper contenders for a European Cup." Um. Yeah, look, in, in very simple terms here, if you push the boat here and you got a kind of an open checkbook and you said, right, take this monster squad and you can add two or three players to it, um, that is probably the one area that you would look at. It seems quite disrespectful to the to, to the players that are there. And, you you know, you don't want to go down that road of of questioning people and saying they're not good enough. I think what you want to, uh, what Munster want to try and get to is to try and have their players on the Irish team. When you have the likes of Porter and Furlong, Sheehan, Kelleher, um, Keane Healy, you know, you have five or six guys there who are are regulars um, with the national squad. Michael Alalatoa is obviously an international as well. So you probably have six, seven guys who are internationals. And that probably does make a difference. And it's not probably, it makes a difference in Europe. Um, even look what Rog has with La Rochelle, the depth he has there around that area. Um, most of the front rows nowadays are, you know, going 50, 60 minutes because it's, it's the tempo and the pace of the game has increased. We've seen um, a lot of the evidence in, in a lot of the competitions towards the end of the season that the ball and play time is a lot higher nowadays in the modern game, which is great for the game because we had a period there probably two or three years ago where there was a lot of stop-start stuff. There was a trend of a lot of kicking. It's still an important part of the game, but there's so much movement in the game now. Um, and for Munster, yeah, you, you would think that um, if you had that open checkbook that it's not necessarily... <clears throat> I think the two positions would be hooker and tight head. If you had a choice of one player to bring in a top-class, world-class player there who not necessarily would, you know, stunt the development and the growth of of the likes of Dermot Barn or, or Stop Nile Scannell played, who's played over 20 times for Ireland and has been brilliant this year. Dermot Barn um, has really improved his game as well. You, you have the tight head situation of Roman Salanoa, Keenan Knox. We haven't seen much of him. And you have to admit and say that, you know, what Stephen Archer has done in the latter tail end of the season has, has, has really been remarkable. 
you know, it's just been, he's been an unsung hero for Munster. But it's cropped up a couple of times this season where they've struggled probably in that area. And the one that jumps out the most is the Sharks game in the, in the Champions Cup. So um, it's probably something that, you know, if you want to get to that next level, you, you want your players. And, and I always said this, and it was probably one of our mottos when I played in my time, that the more players you get on the Irish team, the better you will be when you head into Europe. So obviously, current regular internationals. Um, and Munster will have a few more, you would think now. And I think there's some good young players coming through. But Leinster are still the envy of everyone, you know, 12, 13 guys in the Irish team. And, and that's where, that's kind of the standard where you want to get to. But John Ryan is coming back next year. He's done really well with, with the Chiefs and Super Rugby. So, they, you know, they'll have a spring in their step. But, you know, ultimately, Toulouse is another team. You know, you've six international props there and you've just taken three, the three of the front rows off and yeah. three internationals are coming on. So it, it, we, we'll see. But I think that's probably the, to get to that next level in Europe. You need that sort of depth. I do want to ask you about um, the story that's been reported widely at this stage that uh, Johnny Sexton faces a ban. Um, the letter that was served by the EPCR to Leinster and Sexton I think it includes a phrase, I might get this wrong, but it's uh, about intimidatory language in the direction of the, the referee. So, um, this, you know, obviously, there was a lot made in the aftermath of the game of the refereeing decision and the fact that uh, words, words were exchanged. A potential for a 10-week ban in the build-up to the World Cup. Does this matter? Like, would it matter if he wasn't available for games, given it's been going to be months and months and months since he played? Um, look, it's it's... It does matter. Of course it matters. Um, it would matter more if he was going to miss crucial games in the World Cup. Um, obviously, nowadays, aside from all the cameras that were at the pitch, you know, people with camera phones, all that kind of stuff, um, you've got to be careful. And we know, we know Johnny is pretty passionate. And, and um, I think he was... I'm not sure even looking back at the game how he would... Um, be kind of. I was trying to think of what incidents in the game that he would have been so frustrated with 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 um, Jaco Piper with the referee Jaco Piper that day. Um, obviously, in, I think the week before, maybe in the Munster Leinster game, there was probably one or two decisions that people questioned. Um, I'm not saying it's 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 right or wrong to have a go at a referee, but look, when you're not in the 23, it probably. Um, looks a little bit different. It doesn't look right, and you know people could clearly see Johnny going out onto the field and exchanging some sort of pleasantries with the the, the coach, the the refereeing officials, and and his assistant referees. So, um, look, it's not ideal. And I think if you, I don't think Johnny has spoken on this yet. But I think if you do, if you did speak to him, he'd probably say he regrets it and that it was the heat of the moment stuff. So. Look, I hope they, 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 Leinster and Johnny Sexton have got to respond to the EPCR. Um, I'm sure he will get some sort of a rap on the knuckles for it because it's something that you know we we, we don't see in rugby. We don't want want to see either. Um, I've probably been involved in a few exchanges myself, but when the gear is on, you're seen in a little bit more of a sympathetic situation that you're kind of that adrenaline and all that stuff is is up and you've played the match. Um, so we, we don't know. We'll have to hear from Johnny Sexton himself um, when, he, when he speaks about it. I'm sure 
you know, in the build-up to the World Cup and those warm-up games, he'll be asked a lot about it. Um, but look, it's it's uh, it's not ideal, and um, I hope that obviously, from an Irish point of view, that he doesn't. Um, they don't come down too hard on him. They do got to. They have to address it in some way. But again, we don't know what's said. Um, the, the the wording, as you said, from the referees. Uh, the referee was that his vocabulary was intimidating, and I'm sure he regret he regrets that and probably um, needs to be a bit more careful. The hope is that they're not trying to make a point here, the EPCR. You know, because they could they could apply tournament specific. Match bands that that would not necessarily impact the warm up games, which would be a worst case scenario, doomsday scenario. But hopefully, they're not trying to make a point here with this. Uh, well, well, look, I think making a point, then is that they'll if they f- find that the the vocabulary was intimidating and disrespectful and and not right, they they, they very well uh, will will give some sort of a suspension. Mm. That is the hope that it doesn't doesn't um, go as far as the World Cup um, I think it would be harsh if that happened I think it needs to be addressed obviously and um, something will come out of it unfortunately I'm, I kind of know what the EPCR uh, disciplinary process I've been there a couple of times myself and um, you're kind of guilty until you, until you prove yourself innocent in that situation which is deemed unfair it's not the same in, in a court of law um, you have to prove your innocence and and mitigation. And um, if you wear a nice suit to the to the hearing nowadays, they say, "Well, you were very well presented and you were mannerly and all that." And we've seen lots of players getting their 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 bands reduced. So um, uh, look, ho- hopefully, hopefully it doesn't go and, and impact any of the games. But given Johnny's injury, um, given he's the captain of the side. Um, the hope would be that he plays in those those World Cup warm-ups in August, but there's a real chance now that he may miss miss one or two of those. And Sorry, do we need to see him play, do you think? Or is it because we've seen Sexton recover from injury at, at different times? There have been times where his form has been slow to come back and then there's other times where he's out for ages and it looks like he's never been away. So it's not nailed on that he, he comes back exactly the way he was, particularly at this stage of his career. But... Um, you know, it's not a disaster, but at the same time, you kind of want to see him play, right? Yeah, I, I, I think we've seen many times him coming back from from being out for a period of time and and hitting the ground running. Um, we know he can do that. I think for himself um, and his own kind of match fitness, yes, you would want to get a couple of games under the belt, particularly for the Scotland South Africa game. But um, you know, he could very well used the, the Romanian game and the Tongan game to get him up to speed and, and, and ready for for South Africa and Scotland. So, But again, hypothetically, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, I don't think we need to see him play. I think for him and Ireland, obviously, it's a better situation if he gets minutes under his belt. And, uh, you know, our fingers are crossed, really, because I think he, he plays with his heart and his sleeve. He's very passionate um, and look, Roger won't mind me saying it. I always compare the two temperaments very similar. Um, Roger's had a few issues this year in the last season with with 
coaches on the sideline and referees and they fight for their team and I, I admire that for him, about him but sometimes you've got to be careful and Johnny's the same he's pissed off after losing the game he's seen stuff that he thinks Jaco Piper missed or didn't give his team um, but we always trumpet rugby and say how great it is for that respect towards referees and I was actually thinking at the weekend and you know um, if the Premier League soccer referees were mic'd up some of the stuff you would hear from players and the abuse and the way they treat the referees is is shocking really and that's one of the big things about rugby that you don't get that because you can hear the referee you can hear him chatting to players you can hear the referees like you know who who are calm and control and understand the game that guys get emotional and they get hyped up and they can say things like if they feel that they're on their feet and it should have been their penalty and they they use a profanity or a bit of bad language towards the referee it's taken in the right way in the sense that the referee can say look calm down and, and they kind of get a feel because they've played the game themselves and understand Yeah, but you don't want referees kind of surrounded like it is in soccer and I'm not saying Johnny did that but he what he did probably well, he knows it was wrong and it was it was there for everybody to see Okay, and we'll see exactly what their defence is and I've no doubt the, the, the big gun lawyers will be wheeled out to make sure that uh, whatever the bad is it's the least possible one Quinny good stuff we'll talk to you again soon thanks a million cheers lads OCB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now